Welcome back to another episode of Goalie Field. First week going back-to-back weeks. We are now officially a weekly podcast. Can we hear it from the crowd? Yeah, this this feels good. It feels right. Um, it does feel good. This, this was the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. <laughs> well, this is yeah. This is how yeah. Well, and then we were like, oh, but we don't want to be beholden to that every weekend in college. And now we're not in college, and we want an escape. <laughs> And this is that, so <laughs> here we go. Um, quite a weekend. Quite a weekend, to say the absolute least. Um, it was a very interesting one, that's for that's for sure, from a neutral perspective across the board. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you looked at the table shift between last week and this week, um, some things you might expect. Liverpool still unbeaten. Um, City coming away with a win. These are all things that you might say to yourself, yes, those I can rationalize. On the other hand, you look at the table and you see some some less than expected things. Tottenham sitting 7th, United sitting 8th, Wolves still hovering at 19th. <laughs> um, we're going to get into all that, or most of that, but we're going to start with your Spurs. Yeah, there we go. What let's, is happening? Let's clear the air on this. Let's get it out of the way. Um, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words, which doesn't make for good podcasting. But I, <laughs> I just I don't really know what the problem is. It's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a, a lack of. It, I, yeah, I think it's going to overall come down to a lack of of a core, like someone that that can pull you out of a situation like this, which is um, really kind of disappointing because this is pretty much the third or fourth, fifth season with the same core of people, same core Mm -hmm. defense, same core midfield pretty much, um, and same big names. And it's just, these are, Harry Kane said this after the game, that these are problems that Spurs were making three years ago, and there really hasn't been that much improvement. Um, yeah. So just to go through the the, t- the game timeline, uh, first half it was very a very open game. Harry Kane scores a, a quite ridiculous goal, miracle from goal, laying on the ground pretty much. Uh, got a slight push over. Um, it was enough to make him lose his balance, but a fantastic athletic finish. Um, it's yeah. It was basically like if Jack Grealish finished the sh- like the pass that he made. In that yeah. Wolves game that he yeah, was unhappy really. with, like that was that was the equivalent. That was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, um, but so one nil up, uh, took the lead into halftime, which is the third, fourth straight game that we've been leading at halftime, and we've only gotten a result from. Well, we've only won one of those games, um, and so 
just second half come out a bit sluggish, um, but Aurier scores to put us 2-0 up, so we thought. Um, but then uh, Sun was, some say correctly, some say in, un- incorrectly, geez, um, ruled offside. <laughs> uh, just, again, a matter of millimeters. Um, I don't really want to get into that just because it's another VAR controversy. It's And when it yeah. comes down to that much, it's, it's really subjective, but... Uh, nonetheless, goals chalked out almost immediately. Ricardo scores for Leicester, and then um, about 20 minutes later, James Madison scores in the 84th minute to win the game for Leicester. So uh, just, again, kind of same old story for Spurs here in September. They have a lead. They're playing decently well in the first half, and it just it just kind of capitulates. And that's that's where that's why I say it's kind of a lack of core. Um, yeah. And this is, this is something that... The, the team, something, something's got to change. There's got to be, I don't know whether or not it's a lack of confidence now that this has happened three or four times in a row, but this says, this is, this is getting pathetic. And it's one mm-hmm. thing based on what I was just talking about with getting a lead and failing to hold it. But there's another aspect to this that has their, their form away from home is abysmal. It is absolutely yep. abysmal. They haven't won an away game in, I think, the last 11 or 12 Premier League matches dating back to last season. And those are those are games away at Southampton, Burnley. Um, I mean, we got 2-2 draw with both Man City and Arsenal this year, and you can look at that and say, that's two very good away points. But mixed in amongst those are games like this away at Leicester where you throw away a lead, and games last season where they lose to Bournemouth 1-0. They lose to Southampton. They lose to... Um, Burnley, like I said, and those are, that's that's where the problem is, and so it's it's frustrating for everyone. No one really knows what the exact problem is. They play Colchester in the Carabao Cup midweek. That should be a kind of a walkthrough, um, and they have very winnable games coming up. Spurs, they have, um, I think it's Brighton next, and then it's it's Watford in there, or I think it's Southampton next, then Brighton, and then Watford, and so. That should that has to be nine nine points because Bayern's mm-hmm. coming to the Champions League and stuff like that and so um, again this is a long explanation but just summed up by extremely disappointing performances um, all across the board from Spurs. Yeah, and just to kind of provide the numbers for what you were saying about their away form, uh, for those of you, I I had to like scroll back a ways to find this tweet because um, obviously I sent it in our soccer group DM, but. 2-1 loss. This is a Tottenham's away form since February in the Premier League. 2-1 loss to Burnley. 2-0 loss to Chelsea. 2-1 loss to Southampton. 2-1 loss to Liverpool. 1-0 loss to Manchester City. 1-0 loss to Bournemouth, like you mentioned. 2-2 draw to City, which, to be fair, that's a good result. Um, kind of a weird game, but we talked right. about that. <laughs> 2-2 draw to Arsenal, which was a bad result given the run of that game. And then as just recently 2-1 loss to Leicester City. Yeah, you got to capitalize on the upcoming slate of games because it's about as easy as it's going to get and you don't want to be the uh the top 6 club that gives Wolves their turnaround spark. Right, no. Um yeah. So it would be nice if you could go in there and I don't know. I mean yeah, and I just just to if I may continue to expand on just of course, the, the yeah. problems that 
a lot of the specific things are so it's it's a general lack of of control. They have the game and then they something happens. They give away a penalty like against Olympiacos in the Champions League, or um, they have a decision like against Leicester that doesn't go their way, and then they immediately concede in their level. So there there's a lot of there's a lot of moments that you can point to, but just a lot of the performance from some of the players that have been so instrumental in getting them to where they are have been have also just been abysmal. I mean, it's it's such a hot and cold, but Christian Eriksen has I mean, he came on against Aston Villa. He did not start that first game of the year, and he came on and immediately we scored two goals and Spurs won the game 3-1, and everyone's kind of like mm-hmm. that's why we need him. That's why we want him to stay. But right. he and Potch has said he wants to stay too. Right, right, and and that's the good side of it. But lately, he has been horrible. He has been absolutely mm-hmm. dreadful. I mean, he he came on against Leicester, and I I mean, four straight times he was dispossessed, and it, it went straight back to to a Leicester Leicester attack. And that's and that's someone that yeah, it's just with him, it's it's always. It's always a lack of effort because I've said this before, but he is, he, he always reminds me of like a show dog, just like a, like <laughs> I, he is fantastic. He will do all the, all the quote unquote, pretty beautiful things about the game. He'll play a pass that you just marvel at, but he will not, he has no grit to him. He'll not go win you the ball back. He loses the ball. Mm. His body language is down. He's not going to chase after it and he's not going to get back. And that's that's infuriating to watch, especially in a stretch like this, where a lot of these games are being lost or the leads are being thrown away because of a lack of grit. You get punched in the face, and you're you're back one one. There there has to be yeah. a level of of attack and grit from the team to say, okay, one one, we're on the road, whatever, let's get that second goal, and that's just it's gone. It goes to weathering the storm instead. And so he's he's escaped. Oh, Deli Ali has been really really off his game lately uh just the defense hasn't looked as strong as it has in the past um with Jan Vertong giving away the um penalty against Olympiacos so there's a, there's a ton of different things but it's it's just extremely frustrating um, as a Spurs fan oh to go through it but that's that's enough on that that's uh yeah <laughs> you can take some solace in the fact that you guys are not the only top six club stumbling a little bit United, yikers! Yeah. Arguably, um, just worse. I don't performance. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two no loss to West Ham, who, to be fair, are a little better than we gave them credit for in our first pot of this season. Right. Which, hey, we said it was overreactions. We knew they weren't going to be accurate. So when we said West Ham might be relegation fodder, you know, we're we're permitted to be wrong about that. <laughs> Did we uh, actually say that? West Ham. (laughs) I think we may have said that. Yeah, I might have to go back and like retroactively remove that. Um, West Ham wins two nil over United. Goals from Andrei Yarmolenko and Aaron Cresswell. Um, not a great showing from United, obviously, especially considering that Marcus Rashford. yeah. Yeah. Marcus Rashford leaves. Not exactly. I haven't heard anything about what the injury is. It may or may not be out there. And Ole I just is it. thinking that he's going to be um, out for a little while. It's a, it's a groin injury, so um, it's not it's yikes. not going to be a a week to two week thing. It, it it'll probably be yeah. It's not just a closer knock. to a month or two months. So 
uh, which doesn't help. Well, yeah, no, considering that, I don't know, I mean, I guess you hope Anthony Martial regains his early season form. But right, but even he's been... I'm not really sure where that meant. I was about to yeah. say knocked up, but he's been he's been dealing with some problems <laughs> of his own. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's going to... It's gonna kind of fall all on poor Dan James's young Welsh shoulders to kind of Mason Greenwood time. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but he's yeah he had tonsillitis, bronchitis, something. So <laughs> so he's that is literally like that's a disease only a sixteen year old would get. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, just just abysmal from Manchester United. I mean, yeah, I. I, I always have have kind of thought that their performances tend to get blown out of proportion just because they're such a huge club. But this is just this, this is oh, not. Of this is, I mean, the scoreline that that's exactly what it should say. I mean, West Ham thoroughly outplayed them. Um, certainly give them mm-hmm. credit because, like you said, uh, if we did predict them that low, uh, then we're going to be made uh, to. Uh, we're eating crow. Yeah, exactly. Video podcast where we just eat an actual crow. <laughs> oh, but but yeah, it's it's so all credit to them. But yeah, Manchester United, whew, they have problems in the defense. They certainly have problems going forward. No one really looks like mm-hmm. they want to score a goal. Like Marcus Rashford leaving or not leaving, like being out. Obviously, is a big blow yeah, to right. you. But I mean, he is. He and Pogba as well is right. still out. <laughs> but he, Marcus Rashford, is just not clinical enough. Like he is just, he's simply not finishing chances that he needs to. And so, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's going to be a big hit. Again, we just listed like half their team is still injured, but no excuses for that performance. That's uh, very pitiful. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. All right, um, one team that maybe has figured it out um no i actually i don't i don't think they do did figure it out but bournemouth win their first ever game at st james nope, park st mary's st mary's park hey this whole south coast thing is new to me i'm not expected to know that <laughs> um anyway they win their first away game at southampton's field whatever you want to call it one of the saints um and a 3-1 game that probably could have ended 2-2. Um, a very late, just howler <laughs> from uh, from the Southampton goalie after Ramsdale, Bournemouth's keeper, booted it all the way up the field to a place where I I think it was Vestergaard was the, was no, the center back back. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what happened here. I'm not sure what was going through his brain, but for whatever reason, he didn't make a play on it. The goalie came out of his box to come make a play on it, but then didn't make a play on it. And Callum Wilson came and he did make a play on it. Um, and that's how Aaron Ramsdale recorded his first Premier League <laughs> assist, which is more than Jorginho. Love to see it. Um, I do love to see it. I love to say it. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just, he poked it past both of them and he basically walked it into the goal. 
this was, yeah, like I said, not indicative at all of the way this game looked. Uh, Bournemouth looked really, really pretty solid in the first half and very, very shaky in the second. Um, Just, I mean, they were pretty thoroughly bossed around, I thought, all game by Southampton. Or not all game, but all all of that half. Um, And... Yeah, I was yeah, kind of surprised. After that from... James Ward-Prowse penalty, they just looked more confident. Yeah, and I was I was just kind of surprised, given Bournemouth's kind of history of being the second half team that they are, and given the fact that they had a had a mm-hmm. 2-0 lead going into halftime, that obviously changes things versus having to come back in the second half. But um, right, it was just it was almost it was kind of like a like oh 2-0 at halftime Southampton like kind of done and dusted from there which it obviously very clearly right. wasn't because steve cook uh caveman uh if you will Holy um, dude. Away just he's an yeah. awful penalty and and like you said after ward process penalty just kind of got him sometimes right back in it and so uh yeah a little bit more shaky than i'm sure you uh would have preferred but um yeah all in all kind of i mean not, not even kind of just a, a big result um definitely a big results it pushed him up to third at the time yeah so um but those are the kind of games you need to win if you're gonna gonna change the perspective right exactly yeah i mean like i said not necessarily the game you want to watch but it was the result that you needed um you know there was i thought they should have picked up point more points at the sheffield game at the season opener than they did and they didn't, so I'll take this kind of reversal of fortunes. They are currently sitting sixth, um, all games being equal now, uh, which is weird, but it's cool, and I can't complain about it. Um, Who do they have next? Unfortunately, do they have someone to... Let's see. Uh, I should actually know this. They have West Ham. Oh, okay, that'll um, be an interesting uh, battle at the top. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I don't feel I don't feel great about that one. We'll be um, able to West Ham uh, feels to watch that together. by far the more complete side. Yes, that's true. We are. I am going to Fort Wayne this next weekend, and then we are both going up to watch Michigan. Hopefully, beat Rutgers. Now anything seems possible. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, and now I've just said it on the podcast, so you know it won't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know we're in for exactly. a ride. Um. Speaking of podcast curses, our last episode was "What's Wrong with Watford," or no, it was it was two podcasts about, away. We talked about Watford finally getting points. Yes, um, yes. Only for them to get historically thrashed by City. Yeah. In a game that was pretty much just the professional soccer equivalent of like an and one mixtape, <laughs> City. I mean, City looked like they were playing against high schoolers. It was disgusting. There wasn't a minute where Watford looked comfortable on the ball. Um, and you could, it was just constantly surrendering possession. It was. You kind of got a feel for Watford was, because, I mean, given oh, what just yeah. happened, Man City losing to Norwich, I mean, they could have played anyone, and that game was going to be a five-goal five difference. Like, they mm-hmm. having to hear nothing more for about a week than, like champions losing to newly promoted side had to just drive pep insane and so again like that would have happened to anyone i mean it, it watford have got to just be so tired of playing city though because fa cup 
final last year. It was six nil, mm-hmm. um, and then now eight nil. And this is yeah. just, um, and I, yeah. it, but it's it's also as you say, it harkens back to the point that that draw against Arsenal eh, might not have been. I, I I know last week we talked about um, Kike Sanchez Flores coming back in, and that could have been a good change for them. <laughs> motivated the ground, but ah, they looked bad. They looked really bad. And and, and yeah. again, you kind of have to consider the circumstances there. But um, you shouldn't be losing eight nil in the Premier League, no matter who you are. So um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, and this is why we we. Don't make sweeping declarations after <laughs> right. one game instances because things like this happen. Um, yeah, gosh, but, five goals within eighteen minutes. Um, and just Bernardo Silva, I believe his first ever hat trick. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, two assists and a goal. Just a comprehensive nuts in your face dunking <laughs> on. And um, it was just yeah, and, it was. It was yeah. always going to be that way, like I keep saying. But it's such a such a fantastic performance from Man City because, I mean, this is why they will always be. I was about to say always be champions, but that's obviously an incorrect statement. But this is why they, at the moment, are just by far the best team. Like Liverpool, undefeated, yes, but Man City have such a way of coming out and, and just putting it to bed. They scored within a minute. Boom. Mm-hmm. Five goals in 18 minutes. Boom. Yeah. I mean, it's done. I mean, it, it's it's legitimately done. You could say three goals in 13 minutes, and it was done. Um, and so, yeah, that's true. again, as we saw last year, Man City dropped a few games. Liverpool only lost one, but they still end up losing. And so I know we're only, what is it, six games in. But um, it will be yeah. super, super interesting to see if Man City will have that kind of Norwich slip up again. Because, again, I think that was kind of a wake-up call to Pep and to the players. Like, hey, this isn't this isn't as easy as as a walk in the park right, right. now. Right, you can't just sleepwalk. Yeah. Right, so it will be it will be definitely very interesting um, to see how that plays out. I mean, we got 32 more game weeks, so um, that will be an interesting showdown. Should we move that into talking about Liverpool? Um, I was actually going to move that into talking about the other half of the teams involved in Man City's defeat last week. Um, oh, yes. yes Norwich, yes. yeah, not great. Uh, a little bit of a championship hangover, if you will. <laughs> um, came out, obviously we talked about what happened last week. And then against Burnley, who have a way of just killing the vibe, killing the whole party. Thanks, Burnley. Thanks, Sean Dyche, you worm-eating freak. <laughs> um, Norwich came out, lost 2-0, never really looked that great. Burnley just, I mean, they have a way of mucking everything up and making life difficult for you. That's literally, like, their strong suit. They really do. Um, and so Chris Wood, two goals inside 15 minutes. Two goals, really, four minutes apart from one another. Um and Timu Puki, scoreless, disappro- disappointing, depressing. Um, but this is the variance of Norwich's style. We talked last week about how they play fearlessly and they can go toe to toe with any big club. We stand by. I stand by that. I, I don't think anything that we said there was inaccurate. But it's a style that has a lot of variance. They play boldly. 
And when you play against a team like this, which is dedicated to shape, dedicated to, you know, slowing everything down, clogging everything up, you're going to get caught out because the way you play has to get even more desperate in response. And, you know, it it is what it is. Exactly. And that's, you you really hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, Norwich, Norwich always will concede goals. And it's just a question of whether they can score goals. And it, it's not quite a Wolves level from last year, but they're going to be better against teams where it's an open game. And that's going to be the case against better teams because mm-hmm. um, they'll be flowing forward and they'll be able to hit them on the counter. And so, um, and that's not to say, like, Norwich's style, obviously, I mean, they thumped Newcastle 3-0 just because Newcastle are not structured at the back like Burnley is. Burnley, again, like you said, they muck everything up. They're just big. They get their their big strikers in there, whether it be Ashley Barnes, Chris Wood, any one of them. Um, they score big man goals, and then yeah, they they keep you from scoring any goals. And so, um, right, yeah, it's just uh, pretty much couldn't have had two weeks that better explain the Premier League, or I guess maybe don't explain the Premier League. Then Norwich beating City, <laughs> and then City thumping Watford eight 0 and Norwich losing to Burnley. So. Um, yeah, just kind of a, a a yo-yo effect. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Norwich try and respond from the hangover of the. It's it's like a three-week cycle here. It's all about the uh, what happened last week. What happened two weeks ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I know as well as anyone that losing to Burnley can derail your entire season. Um. <laughs> anyway, though. We'll move on. You you mentioned Liverpool. We should get to that game. Easily the most must-watch game of this weekend as they took on Chelsea. And what a goal to open the proceedings at the, in the 14th minute. Yeah, tr- Free kick from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Gosh, dude. Rolled over. So walk you through it. Mo Salah just rolls the ball over. Alexander-Arnold is right there blasts it just a beautiful right footer curves into the side netting tons of pace on it uh keppa hardly even really saw it coming i don't think and that's what like it's but i don't know why more people don't do that i mean that sounds so stupid because i mean it was a beautiful shot and <laughs> not nowhere near like that's such a such a hard technique and so it's so hard to replicate right. but like the free kick was probably inside the d if not just right on the edge of it if i remember correctly and that's yeah that's you'll hear yeah. every commentator ever say it that that's almost too close because you can't get it up and down in time um and so that's exactly. such a that's such an intelligent move there to to get him up <coughs> geez to get him on the run um and to kind of get a different angle there um but yeah i mean what a goal and what a way to open uh kind of the scoring because we talked about city putting the game to bed early but um, this was, I mean, this was not putting the game to bed, but Liverpool definitely striking early in a game like that, which is between two blue bloods, if you will, um, that definitely buoys right. the mood. Yeah, I think it, it, it set the tone. It didn't, I, like I, like you said, it didn't put anything to bed, but it did sort of, okay, you know, this is Liverpool. This is what they do. Right. They will score goals, and it won't. It'll be not always when you expect it. Um, second goal. Not really as much about grace as it was poor play from Chelsea. Marcus Alonso on for the injured Emerson. 
just doesn't mark up on Firmino. I don't get... This seems to be more common, or maybe I'm just noticing it more, where defenders just seem to sit really deep in some of these situations and don't press up against guys. And that's, yeah, that's the, Firmino, the problem with... I don't know if Chelsea were doing that on that very play, but the amount of zonal marking that's been going on in corners and, and these things mm-hmm. in the box, I mean, it's it's at fault for so many of these of these headed goals that we see in there. So, like you said, it's just... Right. Make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Marcos Alonso just realizes maybe half a second, two seconds too late, and Firmino's already in the air. And you see, there's a slow motion cut if you if you go back and watch the the match game highlights from NBC. Literally, of you could see Marcos Alonso's face like changing and him like jerking his body in slow motion <laughs> towards Firmino but his I mean his head's practically already to the ball and at that point it's stunned and dusted you know and so yeah I don't know I didn't think Alonso being better going forward than backward is not new um but he's just getting worse at both he's getting older <laughs> that's the way it is and yeah Chelsea's defensive struggles also not new right so. exactly exactly and so it's it's going to be, but if, it yeah. will be interesting just to see um, kind of how that defense also has to to change because there's just, I, I don't know, man. I mean, Emerson had to go out injured. Christensen went out injured and Christensen's look looked pretty bad. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, they're already short Rudiger. And so it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting because Chelsea's defense has already been pretty rocky. Like they've, they've, they really have been going forward with all the, the youngsters and it's the defense that's been the problem. And I, I can't see it getting much better in the upcoming weeks. So, uh, cause Kurt, Kurt yeah. Zuma coming in is just, you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare all year. Yeah. I mean, Christensen is the one that gave away the foul, I think, to set up was the, the Trent free kick. Which is the problem. Oh, was yeah, it? it was, he was upset about having his goal disallowed, and he was still yapping with him, and he, it was just a stupid foul. But um, but Christensen did not. He gave away the – oh, the Trent free kick. Yes, you were right. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I was thinking of Aspilicueta yeah. giving away the, the second one. Yeah, you're right. Christensen gave away that first one. Yeah. Um, and then – Chelsea makes it exciting late in the second half. Um, I I wrote down in the podcast notes, this might be Conte's best goal ever, right? Yeah, I think it's got to be. <laughs> like not, And it's it's not to say that he, this is somebody who scores worldies weekly, but like just, I mean, super tight footwork, really great finish. Um, you know, it... You can say all you want about Adrian being in net versus Allison. I don't think Allison would have saved it either. It was great. It was a beautiful shot. I thought it, the way that he worked to his right foot was tremendous, and he just kind of dribbles around one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, yeah. So 2-1 at the 71st minute, and Chelsea just so close, so close to leaving this encounter with points. Um as Betshuayi and Mount both yeah. miss. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you can call the Mount one a gimme. It, it's one he sh- should have put on target. The Betshuayi one, to me, is is the more egregious yeah, that... miss because I think he he had room to take it, like, 
to let it hit the ground and foot finish it instead of trying to head it from kind of a tight angle, right. a weird right. angle, I should say. Those are those in betweeners are so kind of hard to judge in the moment, but but right. but yeah, it's definitely chances that Chelsea fans will will probably be ruining that um, that they could have left it with points, but. Um, to be fair, I think two one probably was the accurate description and or uh, representation yeah, of the game. I would agree. Um, but yeah, just a very watchable game. Uh, and uh, to be honest, like Chelsea lost, yeah, but I was kind of impressed at the amount of fight that they gave, given the given the team that was put out there and given um, kind of all the extenuating circumstances. Um, but yeah, they're just it's it's Chelsea, Man United, and Spurs. They're kind of going to be scrounging up here in the the top six clubs that don't really have an identity and are are trying to trying to find a place in, into the top four. Yeah, uh, just to oh, interesting actually. I so I'm looking up the xG. Chelsea actually with the higher expected goals. Really. Um, one seven one seven one to one. Uh, 1.71, I should say, to 1.1 1. 1, uh, for Liverpool. So, I don't know. Something to think about. I mean, I do think, like we said, there were two big chances that probably play into that, you know. Um, and I doubt that Alexander-Arnold's goal was really all that expected. Right, right. <laughs> so that, that could be a part of it. Um, but, yeah, interesting because I would agree with you that it was a match where Liverpool looked to be more in control um, by a few degrees than Chelsea did. So, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, moving on to a bit of world football, uh, FIFA released their their world starting 11 and uh, some interesting choices there. You and I haven't talked about this, but I, I want to kind of, I want to kind of pick your no, brain. Sure. They sure did. Do you just want to lay it out for everyone, and then we can we can kind of yeah. So okay, so the way it looks, you have Allison in goal um, on defense, Matthias De Ligt, Marcelo, Sergio Ramos, and Virgil Van Dijk in the midfield. Frankie De Jong or Frankie De Jong, Eden Hazard, Luka Modric, and then forwards Cristiano Ronaldo, Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi. Um. I, you say your most, you say the one you agree with the least, and then I'll go. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it's gotta be Luka Modric is probably the, the, the glare for me, just because, I mean, he won the or not won the World Cup, he came second in the World Cup and but was very good. But that's, I mean, that was that was a while ago, and um, and just this past yeah. club season, he was. Pretty pretty bad for Real Madrid, um, who themselves yeah. had a bad year, and so it's kind of surprising to see so many Real Madrid players chosen on here. Um, yes, I entirely agree. <laughs> so that's that's always the interesting part, um, and clearly some love for the Ajax youngsters, which I I, I do I do like. Um, but but yeah, just the... I like it. I do. I I think a little bit of it might be reactionary. Yeah. I don't know that I would have both of them on yeah. there. Um, I yeah. I, I just I don't know how I feel about that. I think you could certainly make a case that Bernardo Silva belongs on that list more than De Jong does. Right. Very true. Um, 
given the way that he filled in this season for City, playing kind of all over the pitch with good results. Um, the one actually that stands out to me is Marcelo. Yeah, I was going to say, that has I'm, to be that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what was the thought process here. Um, it feels like a retirement tour sort of thing. Not that Marcelo is that old, you know, he's not, but he is on the older side of things. Yeah. And he wasn't really that stout for for Madrid. So I'm not sure what the what the idea is here, I think I would have picked, and I don't want to be a super Premier League biased podcast, but we are a Premier League podcast and we watch the Premier League more than we watch any other league. And I can't help but feel like, I don't know, a player like Laporte belongs on that list more than Marcelo does. Um, And I'm not sure if they were trying to specifically get a left back, although Laporte has played left back at times for City um, over this past, over the last season. Um, I believe in, in European play it was. Um, but even then, I mean, I'd, I'd probably take Robertson over Marcelo if you want to get specific with a full-time left back. I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it with Marcelo. So I'm more than willing to be corrected if someone has if someone has a real case for why he belongs on this <laughs> list. I'm I'm down to hear it, but I just don't I don't well, see it. Well, and again, um, to, to kind of follow your disclaimer, if us we are a Premier League podcast, yes, but. I mean, there's the fact that there are only what is it two? Yeah, two um, Premier League players in this eleven. I mean, you you got to one who's no longer even in the Premier well, League. Well, yeah, I was. Yeah, that's. I mean, VVD Allison, and then oh, and Allison, Heather. sorry, but, but yeah. yeah, but like the the finals of the Champions League and the Europa League were bet- all between English opposition, and so. There's kind right. of a like like no one from Spurs. I'm not saying anything like that. Certainly not deserves to be in there. Put Son in the world eleven, <laughs> right. but like, I mean, Salamane, all this, and and it's just it's kind of surprising to me. I mean, certainly again, Marcelo, that's that's a glaring one, but um, just kind mm-hmm. of the the overwhelming representation from from Spain when the I mean Real Madrid were were bad and Barcelona disappointed in the champions league that that's just it it was it was very surprising and um yeah i I will say i i don't necessarily disagree that strongly with the attacking picks um killing mbappe you know you can make a case that other people deserved it more than him because he plays in a farmer's league um but I mean, Messi was player of the year. I think that's justified. He is probably carrying one of the weakest Barcelona teams he's had in a fat minute. That's um, true. That's very true. And he's, you know, he's getting older. So I don't know. I don't know how much I really disagree with those picks. But yeah, the midfield, uh, yikes. The defense, I really only have a strong objection to Marcelo. I think the other three, you know, whatever. They deserve it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just some weird picks. Definitely some weird picks. Yeah. They just had to get that excitement out for, uh, FIFA 20 coming out, uh, on Friday. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Get the, get the world 11 team in packs now on FIFA ultimate team or something. I don't know. This isn't a sponsored. That would be cool though. FIFA hit us up. Um, also, by the way, Bernardo Silva's a racist. I just want to get that yeah, out there. Yeah, throw that in there, yeah. Don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. Um, I know I just said that he should be in the team in the uh, World Eleven, but 
if you look it up, you'll find it. He tweeted a really racist, like, just sort of a an offensive picture in, I believe it was in relation to a picture of his friend who is of African descent. Um, just, I don't know. It's just in poor taste. Extremely and, poor taste. And it just comes, it's, it's another one of those things, like the Griezmann Harlem Globetrotters costume, like so many other things, it seems to come out of nowhere. And they do this the sort of thing very casually. I think in America, when racism pops up, it pops up behind closed doors, and you hear about it in some sort of leaked conversation, things like that. And there's just, there seems to be a different standard in Europe. And I'm not sure exactly why that is. I won't try to dissect the racial politics of that whole thing, but... He was just, his response tweet, he deleted the original tweets, but I'm sure you'll be able to find it if you Google it and you're curious. But his response tweet, which he, I believe is still up, was just like, oh, some people can't take a joke. Right, yeah, like, oh, we're just joking between two friends. And... Like, man, you're putting that on social media, right, though. Like... like, where anyone can see it, and anyone who isn't, you know, who isn't your friend could see that and use that as, oh, well, if Bernardo Silva can make that joke, then I can make that joke. You know, right, like, dog. You lo- you, you lose have that a... argument of it's a joke between two <laughs> friends when you blatantly post it on a social platform, like that. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Send it in a send it in like a group chat of your friends or something. I just think. Well, just don't be racist. Even that, like, like it's it's not even really right. a joke. Right? I should I should specify. I am not clarifying. I, I should clarify. I am not supporting sending racist memes in group chats. That's not my point. But my point is. If your grasp on race is so loose as Bernardo Silva's obviously is, at least be smart enough to not put it on social media. You know, like you don't have to be double dumb. Um, yeah, it's just. But anyway, that's like that's a whole other thing. I thought it was I thought it was something worth mentioning because I mentioned the Benucci and Kane thing, however long ago, and you know we're a socially conscious podcast. Exactly, um, and I mean, right. yeah, I mean we're gonna we'll keep talking about it until the Italian FA ever does anything. We didn't even talk about Lukaku and right, Cagliari, yeah. but this is happening every week now, right, and we're yeah. just losing track. Shoot all Inter fans. Shoot all Inter fans in the city square. I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't think that's like a terrorist threat, but um, this is satire if the FBI is listening. Wow, this took a turn. It's a late night podcast, baby. All right, we're going to close because you got to get to bed. I got to get to bed. Everyone has responsibilities, and the world keeps turning way too fast. With our relegation update, we said we'd do this last week every week. What are your three teams? Definitely Newcastle. Newcastle looked horrible against Brighton. Um, I'm going to also throw Brighton in there because the fact that they did not get three points playing as well against as poor of a team as Newcastle is frightening. And number three... Yep. It's brightening. <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to coin that. <laughs> right. Um, and number three, I am... Sorry, I'm pulling up the table. Just to... Uh, no, you're fine. Confirm my suspicions. I'm still uh, still hesitant on saying Watford, as bad as they've looked. I feel like they still can really? sort it out. Really? Because I'm, I'm about to go all in on Watford going but down. But I think uh, number three... You know what? I'm, I'm doing it. It's going to be Watford good okay i am actually i think we are united on all of those picks um i'm still leery on wolves but i am giving them time of all the teams in the bottom six they are the team 
with, I think, too much talent to entirely bottom out. And so I I don't think I could pick them in good faith to be a relegation team right now, despite the world of trouble right. they, they are in right now. Four, four draws, two losses, negative four goal differential. Oh, man, I just looked at Watford's goal differential and got, like, a little sweaty or something. Negative <laughs> um, 14. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think my heart's that, that's gonna hurt um, coming down to the last couple of weekends. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think unless there's anything else you want to mention, I am all out of ideas. Aston Villa were Aston Villa. Aston Villa were unlucky to not get a point. <laughs> Arsenal's defense is bad, but yeah. their offense is good. That that sums yep. it up. They are they are the Houston Rockets of. Also, Everton Everton soccer. sucks. Everton is perpetually doomed. So we'll just throw that in there as well. Just two. Yeah. They're just, they're just doomed. So. Everton is going to be like where they are right now, which is 14th. I I think they might just end up there at the end of the season, which is a shame for a team that spent that much money, but I don't feel bad for them. Yeah, they just, they're, they're just, they're bad. And so. Start keen, you cowards. Right. Well, Calvert-Lewin is wet. We'll see if the goalie field curse uh, strikes them good fortune. But yeah, can pick up the toffees and carry them to Europe, or so. I'll kill myself. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of this yeah, one. That's all for me. And we will see you reunited in person uh, this weekend. Hell yeah! Alrighty. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>